This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What's on the list of great Canadian wildlife predators, specifically landers? You think about it, right? You got your polar bears, we know that. You got your grizzlies, wolves, killer whales, sure. And once again, much to the delight of scientists, great white sharks. Yeah, you can call it a comeback. We are seeing more great white sharks off Canadian shores, which uh, is really good news. We're going to chat now with Dr. Chris Harvey-Clark, who is a Halifax-based shark researcher, diver, and veterinarian at Dalhousie. Uh, Dr. Harvey-Clark, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Well, really delighted to join you, Shay. And uh, it's funny, what you say there in your intro, we're seeing more. Yeah. You're, you're right. We may actually be seeing the same number, but we're seeing more because people carry iPhones, they have drones, <laughs> they're out there in the environment looking, a dorsal fin goes by, somebody takes a picture of it. We have the social networks that relay that information. And let's face it, everybody's shark crazy anyway. You're absolutely right. We've right. just been a shark week, can't get enough sharks. Sharks are the best. Uh, I mean, there's not many other, I don't think there's any other animals that can dominate programming for the entire summer on at least two networks, but sharks do it year after year after year. Um, The sharks jump the shark every year, it's true. (laughs) So are you saying that maybe there's not actually more sharks in the waters off uh, Atlantic Canada? Maybe we're just seeing them more often? Well, you know, it's one of those situations, uh, especially with great whites, where it's really data deficient. I mean, we, we don't really, they're in an opaque ocean where we can't see them. The, their emergence has become very popularized because, of course, O-Search is out there yeah. tagging them and they're pinging all the time. And I'll tell you, as a coastal dweller in Nova Scotia, it's pretty exciting to pull up your shark tracker in the morning and see that there's a shark inside the harbor uh, just a few miles from my dock in Herring Cove. Um, and in fact, I had a shark encounter uh, quite accidentally with a white shark last November that completely surprised me because it was well past the time I thought we'd see one in the water. As far as I know, it was the first time a diver in eastern Canada has come face-to-face with a white shark and, and recognized what they saw. I think, I think people have had them around. They're very stealthy. The aquaculture divers in the southern part of the province frequently complain of having sharks around. But, you know, it's image deficient. People usually don't have a camera when they see one. And there are a number of species it could be. But I can tell you something. When you see a real live 10-foot great white shark 20 feet away from you in 80 feet of water diving, it lights up parts of your brain that you don't even know exist. Oh, I can't even imagine. How? I mean... You, you, just because we're having more people, in all, I mean, we're seeing more reports, divers coming across these these great white sharks in the waters off Atlantic Canada. I mean, how dangerous is this? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, it's it's very likely no more dangerous than a walk in the woods. And, you know, you might encounter a bear when you walk in yep. the woods. And similarly, once you're in the ocean, you know, you're on you're you're no longer on land. You're in the you're on the turf of all the all the aquatic creatures. And so you need to have some situational awareness. 
Um, it's a vanishingly small percentage of people who ever get bitten by sharks and an even smaller percentage who perish. But, you know, having said that, a lot of, of unusual things are going on right now. So, you know, we did have a shark attack here uh, last uh, August. A young woman was bitten off Cape Breton. We don't know for sure, but that certainly looks like a great white attack. It was off a seal colony. It was a massive trauma. Um, I had a face-to-face encounter with one completely unexpected very late in the season. Um, and I've been working on a documentary on whites for two years with a local TV production house, Telltale uh, Productions. And we had been setting up down on the South Shore under a Species at Risk Act permit to get um, still in video photos and drone shots of sharks to identify them because whites actually have some very characteristic mm-hmm. individual fingerprint-like markings, especially their pelvic fin and the trailing edge of the dorsal. So we each October, we did a three-day expedition And in October 2021, we had a three-day period where we saw at least 13 different sharks in 32 encounters. And without a tremendous amount of effort, we had one boat, three tuna heads hanging off the back of it, all wired for sound with tons of cameras and things like that. And we had 13 different sharks go by and never the same shark twice. Now, we were within 100 metres of land. We were in 10 metres of water. Uh, We didn't move. We were in a static location. And, um, you know, that's a lot of, you know, if you're on the Serengeti and you have 13 lions go by, that's a lot of lions. And we're really talking about the ocean as being the, you know, the Serengeti here. Uh, There's lots going on out there, and we don't really fully appreciate everything that's happening in that environment. Um, It's opaque. Uh, The animals are stealth predators. They don't make a habit of showing themselves. Yeah. Um, and still, you know, 13 animals in three well, days. Uh, it floored me. I thought we'd see one, you know. So uh, uh, that's what I'm wondering. Like, But you think that's always been the situation uh, in, in these waters, I, right? It's just we weren't well, looking. You know, I don't know that anybody's done enough to yeah, say that. Yeah. We know south of us in New England, um, you know, Greg Scomo and his group in Massachusetts and the White Shark Conservancy, uh, they have a lot of sharks there. And they've been actively tagging for 10 years now. They have about 230 acoustically tagged sharks out. And something, Heather Bowlby at BIO, Dr. Bowlby just released a paper a week or two ago that indicated that something like about 14% of those sharks are coming into Canada, Canadian waters, and they're passing receiver lines that pick up their telemetry signals. The interesting thing is uh, uh, most of them, four times more, are juvenile versus adult animals. And the interesting thing about our observational work was we found the same thing. We only saw one animal that was over the 10-foot. You know, a 10-footer is still a sub-adult in white shark terms. We saw a lot of small sharks, and we even saw a baby. We saw a young of the year. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
neonate about four and a half feet long, which is the size they are when they're born. And this is really interesting because we're a thousand miles north of the pupping ground for these for these animals uh, in Long Island uh, and further south. So uh, it seems like a lot of juvenile sharks are coming up here. That might be a sign that we're getting more babies produced. And the interesting thing is that, you know, the species was completely protected in the U.S. in 1997. And yeah. up to that point, had been hit pretty hard by primarily by directed sport fishing. People wanted to catch monster sharks, and there was a lot of effort. And they caught a lot of big sharks that were the, the big, fertile females and males that uh, made the population. So protection happened in 97. Well, the doubling time, which is the time it takes one little white shark to make another little white shark in the population for whites is estimated to be about 26 years. So here we are, you know, coming on to 2023. We will have hit doubling time next year. So it's possible that the protection measures that happen in the states protected enough of the population that we maybe were seeing an increase. But, you know, I'm just talking off the top of my head here because yeah, we really right. don't have solid data that would support that. You know, you really need to be able to mark and recapture animals. You need to estimate population size. We know they take a long time to sexually mature, something like 25 years. They live a long time. The females live 40 to 50 years, and the males live 70 years. And it takes them a long, long time to get to the point where they can make more babies. So we may be just seeing the end of the lag period. The other thing that's kind of the wild card in the deck is we've not only protected the predator, but we've also protected the food source. So when all this started, you know, uh, white shark conservation interest started, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And at that time, there were very few gray seals around. And now we have about 40 plus thousand in the U.S., North New England states, but north of the border, we have a population that's unprecedented. It's at least 440,000 seals in the maritime provinces, mostly gray seals, and they produce, the grays alone produce something north of 80,000 pups a year, which are, you know, predator-naive, small, easy to catch, yeah, relatively yeah. speaking. So we have a banquet table laid here, and we have a population that we don't fully understand in terms of how many whites are out there. I wanted to ask you about that, because your work, as you said focuses on that and you're you're trying to sort of i guess document and and i don't know catalog them based on like you said these distinctive features that can help you definitively say this is shark so-and-so right that's correct and in fact this approach has been used elsewhere it's been used in south africa uh quite successfully and uh so so the other thing is the 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 american researchers have a catalog they have over okay. 600 animals now that are cataloged. So I have a student, Natasha Hines, who's working on this. She actually is a right whale researcher, so she's used to the, you know, the theoretical aspects of using uh, images to identify individual animals and the databases to do that and the tools and so on. So we're trying to adapt that, and we'd also like to try and collaborate with uh, Skomal's group to look at, um, you know, are we are, are do we have photographic evidence that can match his, and can we start to actually tell the story of where these animals go without necessarily having to manipulate them? Because, you know, even though the animals survive it, uh, hook and line catching is actually very hard on sharks. Uh, dry docking them is hard on them, drilling holes in their fins to put telemetry on. These are all things that are, you know, insults to the animal mm -hmm. physiologically and anatomically. If you could do it in a hands-off fashion that was sustainable, um, that's what we've basically done the last two years. And it's also economical. I mean, we have a small, we have a relatively small boat, relatively small effort, and we're still managing to see a demographic that Osearch didn't see so much when they were here because they're fishing uh, with marine mammal remains. We're using fish 
And what happens with whites is they undergo what's called an ontogenetic shift when they hit about 10 feet. So it may be because we were using tuna heads, we're actually selecting for the smaller fish-eating sharks before they do, do that transformation and become mammal eaters at about 10 feet. I mean, Osearch caught some colossal sharks. They got a 3,500-pound female um, right off you know, Lunenburg. So there are some very large white sharks coming in. Uh, to me, the interesting thing is that our data, you know, so far is matching what has, has just been published in terms of a really big, you know, meta study uh, using the telemetry data from over 200 animals. Uh, so our, our, our little observational yeah, study on the right path. correlates to that. Yeah. yeah, Amazing stuff, doctor. I really appreciate your time. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but, uh, but thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, you're in Edmonton? We are, yes. I did a postdoctoral fellowship there uh, back in 1987 at the University of Alberta. Studying uh, sharks? Uh, no, I was actually studying uh, um, research animals like rats and mice. Yeah, and I figured like it had that. to be something land-based. But, yeah, it was. It was in the medical school there, and I was trained by a wonderful, wonderful veterinarian named Dr. David Neal, who passed away uh, a couple of years ago. But he was my first real mentor as a veterinarian. And, uh, Interesting. I have fond memories of my year at the U of A. Excellent. Okay. Well, I really appreciate your time, Doc. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Call anytime. Will do. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. That is Dr. Chris Harvey Clark, and I'm glad he said call any time because uh, it's good to have a, a shark expert in the Rolodex.